You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now instead of staying stuck in wishing and hoping and dreaming it was different? That is the question. And if you haven't taken our free course yet, Unburdened, Finding Balance, Living Alongside Autism, make sure you click the link in the show notes. It's www.notyouraverageautismmom.com forward slash free course and get registered. My name is Shannon Urquiola and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. And in this free course, I teach you things that I learned along the way that changed my life. And I live this autism parenting journey day in and day out, just like you. All right, stay with me and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode three, holidays and physical distancing during COVID-19. Hey there, my friends. How is everyone on this amazing Thursday? I hope you are well. My family and I are doing good. We are all healthy and remaining as positive as we can each day during this global pandemic to which none of us have ever experienced. Since we just went through Easter last weekend and we have Mother's Day coming up in May, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about the differences this year and address some things that many of us are going through during this very uncertain time. I can tell you at our home, it was quite different on Easter this year, as I am sure it was for you and your family as well. I actually did a video on our Facebook page on Easter day to talk about a few things that have changed with our autism journey and the dynamic of holidays through the years, as I'm sure many of you can relate. I'll talk about some of those on today's episode too, but if you don't already, be sure to go and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Not Your Average Autism Mom, and you can see that video there as well. So here's the question. How are you and your family handling it? How is your child or adult with autism coping with this? I know for many of us, routine is very important to our children. So changing how or where we always do certain things, including holidays, can be very difficult. I mean, if you think about the challenges that we're having as adults, think about how they must be feeling. You know, our children often lack the skill set or the cognitive ability to adapt to these changes. Many of you are dealing with additional behavior challenges because they are trying to cope with the abrupt changes in their schedules and routines, and honestly, simply the unknown of what next, and it creates overwhelm for them. I can tell you, I honestly thought to myself today that I need to go watch my behavior webinar because I've the last two days have been pretty difficult for Jordan and I'm just seeing him exhibit behaviors that I haven't seen in a while um, at home towards me for simple things that we had really gotten past. And so I did a behavior webinar that is posted on our Facebook page too. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it is very good. And I think I'm going to go back and watch it too. Um, many of our children also have, you know, weak immune systems. So some of you are worried about that too. I coached a mom last week whose family 
wasn't understanding why she was really considering not joining their small family Easter celebration on Sunday. I mean, to them, it was just their immediate small family and everyone had basically been self-quarantining and none of them were sick or symptomatic. They were very disappointed that she was actually considering not being there. So as we talked about it, and I was coaching her on it a little bit, and mind you, her daughter has a very weak immune system. So she was concerned about taking the risk, but she didn't want her family to be upset with her because of it. So as we talked, I helped her realize that she had a choice. It was her choice, and then she had a decision to make. Once she made the decision, she just needed to be done and move on. She makes the decision, and then she focuses on planning her day, celebrating with her and her two children during the current situation. You can't change it. So she made the decision while we were on the call and decided that she was going to tell them that it wasn't that she didn't want to see them or share the holiday with them, but that it just wasn't safe right now. That it was for, you know, not only her daughter's safety, but, you know, her and her son's safety as well. And I encouraged her to remember first and foremost that she wasn't doing it out of spite. It wasn't that she didn't want to be there. She was doing it out of love. But then we also discussed her finding a way to celebrate together virtually, and she decided they would FaceTime. I mean, how amazing is technology? It's not the same, but it's better than anyone feeling isolated. So if you, if that would work in your family, if your child needs some sort of sameness or they're missing a connection with somebody that's important to them, then use technology. There are so many different ways to do that. And I know that so many people are finding those ways now. So, you know, definitely do that. Many of you will have these same challenges with Mother's Day coming up. So remember this. And most important, keep you and your family safe while you're following the guidelines of your local and state leaders, depending on where you are. Because I certainly don't foresee Mother's Day being any different than Easter. So you'll probably be faced with the same situation and have decisions to make. With this year being so different, It really made me reflect on some things that have changed through the years for Jordan and our family at holidays and special occasions. What I think is important about that and what I want to do today is offer you hope. Hope to know that whatever your current situation or challenge is, that it won't be like that forever. There will come change. There will be new and different challenges and struggles and hurdles to get through, but it will change. And for some of you, it will change often and fast. And for others, it may be slower. Getting through your struggles may take longer and take more work and more consistency, but you will get through them just like we will get through this pandemic and we will get to the other side of it. I believe that we will come out on the other side with some much needed lessons learned from this, but that is just my belief and that's how I deal with the challenges and changes every day, thinking on purpose that there are lessons to be learned.
I can assure you that thought certainly makes me feel much better than if I thought everything was out of control and chaotic, which would leave me feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and sad. Think about that. You have to think on purpose. I will be teaching you over and over through this podcast, and we teach this in our membership, that your thoughts create your feelings. Your circumstances are always neutral and a fact, but your thoughts about that circumstance are what you will need to begin to work on. So as I thought about Easter this year and the fact that we weren't going to be having our big, typical holiday celebration at our house this year, I found myself thinking back to years in the past where these things were never easy for us. To be honest, I would have probably been super thankful that Easter was canceled back then, that there were no Easter egg hunts or that we didn't have to go to church or didn't have to go to a family gathering. Jordan has never had an easy time at any type of celebration, from birthdays to Easter to Christmas or honestly any celebration with a lot of people. So if I went back to that time, and some of you may be going through this as well, maybe it was a relief. So, I mean, let's talk about the Easter egg hunts. If I'm being completely honest, if I tell you I took my kids to two Easter egg hunts in their early years, that might be a stretch. It honestly might have only been one. So for my daughter, Maddie, who's two years younger than Jordan, this was just another one of those things that she didn't have the luxury of enjoying because her brother couldn't handle it. So we just didn't do it. I know, full-on mom guilt was happening during those times, but it just wasn't worth what we would have had to deal with if we tried to put him in that environment. I know many of you get it. You understand this. You have the same situation for so many things. If you have a child who is a sibling without an autism diagnosis, they make so many sacrifices because their sibling just can't. Whatever that looks like for you, just know that you're not alone in that. And then on the other side of that, there are many of you whose children love those celebrations and get-togethers, and you're having to deal with the challenge of them understanding why you aren't doing it, why you're not going to grandma's house, why you're not seeing Uncle Joe, why they can't do the church Easter egg hunt that they've done every year for as long as they can remember. And that's so challenging, kind of like when the internet goes down. Okay, maybe not that bad. I hope not. My friend Donna had some challenges she faced through this. Her son Drew loves celebrations and parties, and his birthday is a big deal in their house and to him. And guess what? Last month was Drew's birthday, and they could not have his normal birthday celebration at Disney's Chef Mickey's like they do every year. I know, you all see it. Big problem. Because Drew, like many of our children, lives by routines and sameness. But I will tell you, in typical amazing autism mom style, their family improvised and they brought Drew's Chef Mickey's party into their home, complete with all the Mickey decorations and food to go with it. And this was so important for Drew to have the consistency and sameness. And I'm happy to share with you that with a week of prepping Drew beforehand, his party was a huge success. 
My point to that story is that when you can't change the circumstance, sometimes you have to make decisions, know what your choices are, and figure out what will work. I'm sure you will have your own situations and events and things that come up while we are going through this, where you will have to make decisions and figure out how to make it work for your loved one and your family. You know, I told you Jordan's always had such a hard time with celebrations around a lot of people. And I think it's because with autism, kids, adults like Jordan, they have such a hard time understanding the environment around them already. And then during gatherings and celebrations, think about the additional stimulants thrown in. I remember I once read that for these type of individuals with autism, being around a lot of people is like standing next to a moving freight train and trying to decide how and when to jump aboard. Think about that, right? Hearing so many things and trying to figure out what to respond to and what is and isn't appropriate. For them, instead of enjoying the celebration, it's just hard work. And I'm sure it's extremely stressful. I remember so many times looking at Jordan and just seeing his body language change and tighten. And then he'd start wringing his hands vigorously. And that's when I knew he was on overload. That's why I decided to avoid this because I didn't want him to have to be put in those situations. But there are times when you can't avoid. You just have to work through the best that you can. And during those times, you take notes. You take mental mom notes. And next time, you try something different. So much of what we do as parenting a child with autism is trial and error. And I know you know, parents say that that's just in general, but I think for, for us, it's just heightened and we have to really take those lessons into the next time and try something different. You know, I remember many family get togethers where I would get so worried that during the blessing, you know, we would all stand in a circle and hold hands, which was completely uncomfortable for him to begin with. And then we'd put him in there and we'd be led in prayer And I would be so worried that Jordan would have an outburst or blurt out a bad word or say something inappropriate. And trust me, it happened on more than one occasion. There were times in the early years when I knew that my family didn't understand why Jordan didn't sit at the table with everyone else. But instead, I gave him his own space to eat without other people. I knew what was best, just like you do. You have to figure out what works for your child. And remember, that's okay. You might be judged, but is that that's just not your concern or worry. You live in this world and they are just visiting. So let me tell you about Easter last year and a big change that happened for us. So my daughter Madison plays college softball and last Easter, you know, we had our big gathering for Easter at our house and several of her softball and baseball friends who couldn't go home to their families for Easter joined us for the day. Jordan actually sat at the table with some of the group and ate Easter dinner. He didn't know them, so he wasn't comfortable with them, but they were sitting at the table where he eats dinner every night and he sat down and ate with them. It was a huge step for him 
And it was not something that would have ever, ever happened two, three, four years ago. Now, don't get me wrong. He didn't sit there and have a full-on conversation with them, but he was attentive to their conversation. And I remember watching him through the window from the back porch because, you know, I'm not only his mom, but I'm his protector. And that's what I do. I watch him, especially in social settings, because remember, those are his most difficult times. On that day, watching him, my heart was overflowing with joy and pride. Now, not everyone knew what was happening, and that didn't matter, but I knew. And those are the changes that you will see and the celebrations that you will enjoy through this journey. And they don't have to be celebrated with anyone else. They can be just yours. Jordan is so much better now when we have any kind of gathering at our house. And we have them a lot. We um, we definitely host a lot of get-togethers. Um, and he is comfortable with our friends. He comes out and joins us when we eat. He will even have conversations of sort with our closest friends that he's become close to and knows well. And you'll even catch him laughing on occasion, especially if a curse word is involved because just so everyone knows, Jordan loves curse words. I honestly don't know what it is, but he is and always has been obsessed with the beep when a curse word is blocked on a radio or a television show. And as he's gotten older, he is just amused when any curse word is used. Mind you, it is never in the context it's used. It is quite simply just the curse word. These are just the little moments yet huge accomplishments that we have celebrated over the years. So as you move forward each day with the changes for all of us that the virus has created, I just want to encourage you to celebrate each and every accomplishment. Take this time of togetherness to think about what you can work on with your child while you are spending more time supporting his or her environment and what things you can work on so that on the other side of this, you're going to be celebrating your successes. I'm sure if you take some time to really think on purpose about what the positive outcomes could be, if you focused on just one or two things that you could be working on, think of how proud you will be when that time comes. I want to encourage you to keep as many things that you can control as normal and as routine as possible. For us, that means that we don't treat the weekdays like the weekends. Even though Jordan is not going to his day program every day, he still takes a shower every night. He still gets up every morning and gets dressed just like he was going to go out the door to his day program. If you let all of the rules and schedules that you have developed fall by the wayside, I guarantee you that when we get past this, you're going to have even bigger struggles finding those routines again. So I want to make sure that he knew that just because he was home and not going anywhere, we still have good hygiene and we follow those rules. And for us, that was important for Jordan. We did also, you know, we added an additional two days with electronic time since he's home every day and he loves his electronics, but we didn't just give him all the time because trust me. If I've learned anything, I have learned that limiting access to electronics has been one of the biggest struggles we have faced through the years. 
yet limiting electronic time was one of our biggest successes and the most beneficial for Jordan. So when we did this, I made it very clear that this additional electronic time is temporary and it's a bonus for him. It's only because we're going through this time and it's temporary. You know, another thing, he still joins us every night when we get ready to start cooking dinner, just like we always have. So all of those things that you can control, try to keep them the same. As far as goals and things we need to work on, every one of ours will be different. I get it. Find what yours are. Jordan is 23 and he's home with us 24-7. It isn't easy, but it's our circumstance right now and there's no changing it. So we're working on two things while we're home. And we chose these things because some of them have been ongoing, but we knew we would have more time to be able to focus on them. So number one is his movement. Let me tell you, first off, Jordan's spirit animal is a sloth. And he knows that. And we laugh about that. He does not do anything fast. He doesn't like movement. And now that he isn't going to his day program, trust me, he would just assume sit on his couch all day and read watch TV or play video games. So one of our things is he has to do the treadmill four times per week for 15 minutes. And that is what he has to do to earn his electronic time. This works for us because it becomes his choice. I tell him, this isn't for me. This is for you. This is, if you do this, then you get what you want. So if he chooses to not do it, he won't earn his electronic time. And guess what? I can guarantee you this big guy is getting his movement in. It's not a lot. And, you know, 15 minutes, four times a week. I know some of you are probably over there going, wow, that's that's nothing. But it's a baseline for Jordan that works. And we're also doing stuff outside. We went out last week, him and I, we took a 50-gallon trash bag out to our main road, and we picked up trash from the side of the road. Littering is a huge pet peeve of mine and always has been, and so my kids definitely know that. So we, um, yeah, we pick up garbage whenever we see it most of the time. So that's something we did to get some movement in. And number two for us was communication. Two things we're working on here with Jordan, his volume. Jordan is very loud when he talks and he also stutters. So when you mix those two things together, he can be very difficult to understand. And we're working on reminding him to turn down the volume. We tell him that we want to talk to him and we want to listen to him and what he has to say, but it's much more pleasing and we are encouraged to want to listen to him when we don't feel like he's shouting at us when we're sitting right next to him. The second part of communication is that we are diligently working on him not interrupting, which has always been a big struggle in our house, which I've talked about before, and I will talk about again. This is a constant. And while we know we may never get him to 100% not do this, we will keep working on it and are hopeful that we will see it happen less frequently. So take some time and figure out, number one, what can you control? What can you keep the same so that you don't have challenges of new routines when this is behind us? And number two, 
what can you work on during this time and just decide and just do it. The thing that I really want to tell you is to never stop trying, never stop teaching, never stop encouraging and explaining because one day you may be surprised. There are so many things that we have gotten past in our autism journey that I never imagined we would get through. And those things would have never happened if we stopped trying. So please don't stop. And always remember, this is your journey and no one else's. And you and only you know best. Thanks, my friends. I wish you all well. And I look forward to meeting you back here next Thursday for episode number four. And please check us out at notyouraverageautismmom.com. We would love to have you join our membership program. We're super excited and we are your people. We are your place. We are your safe place. And thanks so much. And I'll talk soon. Hey, so if you are loving what you are learning on the podcast, you really should check out our private membership. Our Not Your Average Autism Mom community is where we dive deeper into all of the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you can get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day when you learn to manage your mind. You will have access to all of our training and resources that you will need along your autism parenting journey. And you will develop relationships with other moms just like you all raising a child with autism. It is my absolute favorite place to be. So head on over to the website at www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to get all the details. And please, if we're not open right now for new members, we only open a couple times a year. Be sure to join the wait list so that you'll be the first to know when we're going to open. I hope you do. I would love to work with you inside.